Hi, I'm Carmen LeBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Merry Christmas. We're looking back at some of our important conversations this past year. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. If we're totally honest with ourselves, and if we're totally honest with each other, there are times that we think the worst of ourselves. I mean, you can go ahead and admit it. We, we believe the lies of the enemy, that we're no good or that we're too broken or too flawed. We believe the lie that there's no way a holy and a perfect God could ever or would ever love us. But those are lies. Those are lies. I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. This is a special Christmas week edition. The truth is God is love and God loves you. It was in love that God put on human flesh to dwell among us, full of grace and truth. God is good, and God has done everything necessary for your recovery, redemption, forgiveness, renewal, life. God never runs out of forgiveness. Never. There's nothing you've ever done and nothing you could ever do that the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross has not fully covered. That's the truth. That's the truth. So I want to tell you a story that I heard recently about a professor at the end of a semester. I actually have no idea if this is true. So I'm going to tell it to you because it makes a wonderful point. So he had in his class a very, very physically strong student named Steve. Steve was the star player on the college football team. And the professor asked Steve, do you think you could do 300 push-ups? And Steve said, well, I don't know. I regularly do 200 push-ups. I don't know if I could do 300 push-ups. And the professor said, well, here's the deal. I want to share with you an, uh, an idea that I have. I want, on our last day of class before Christmas break, I want to have this little experiment in our class. But in order for it to work, you're going to have to do 300 push-ups in sets of 10. So do you think you can do that? Um, there's 30 people in the class. You're going to have to do 300 push-ups in sets of 10. Steve said, well, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. And the professor said, okay, I mean, here's the deal. You have to. Like, if this is going to work, then you have to do it. So Steve said, okay, I'll, uh, I'll, by, by Friday, by the last day of class in the semester, I'll be ready. So the last day of class comes, and the professor um, opens up this giant box of those, like, really fancy donuts. You know, like 30 really, really fancy donuts. You know the kind. And he goes to the first person in the first row on the right-hand side, and he says, would you like a donut? And she said, yes. And he said, okay, Steve, do 10 push-ups so Layla can have a donut. And Steve dropped down and did 10 push-ups, and Layla got a donut. And he went to the next person in the row, and he said, do you want a donut? And she said, yes. And he looked at Steve, and he said, Steve, uh, do 10 push-ups so Susan can have a donut. And Steve did. And he went to the next person and the next person. Well, by about the 10th person, um, there uh, there was a young man who was the star athlete on the baseball team. And he said, I want to do my own. I want to do it for myself. And the professor said, you can't. It doesn't work that way. The only way this works is if um, Steve does the push-ups for everybody. And he said, so do you want a donut? And this kid said, no. And the professor looked at Steve and said, okay, Steve, now will you do 10 push-ups so that he 
so that he can have the donut that he doesn't want? And Steve said yes. So this goes on, and as you can imagine, it gets harder and harder and harder for Steve to do the push-ups. Um, and, and eventually, there are people crying, there are people protesting, like, you have to stop, this is terrible, blah, 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 blah. Well, if you're a Christian, you probably see where this is going, right? So in the end, there were a number of people who left their donut on their desk. They rejected the gift of the donut. But what was necessary for them to have the donut, the sacrifice that was necessary, had already been made. Do you see the point? The sacrifice has already been made. Some people just reject the gift. Our Growing Your Faith verse of the day comes from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 to 17. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. The Apostle Paul never lost sight of how awful his sin had been. He never lost sight of the sacrifice made by Christ to win sinners, to save us. Have we lost sight of who Jesus is? This is a special Christmas week edition of Mornings with Carmen. We're unpacking the gifts of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. So thank you so much for being here. We move today to the gift of the Spirit, number five. Returning to our conversation about unwrapping the gifts that come with the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So how are you receiving Christ as you believe in him? And then how is God filling you with the power of his Holy Spirit? And then what does that look like when the Spirit manifests his presence? Um, Part of that manifestation of the Spirit in the life of the believer is the reality of spiritual gifts and each and every believer is gifted by the Spirit for the building up of the body of Christ. Romans 12, 4-6 says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given us. Let us use them. So we're going to talk, continue the conversation about spiritual gifting, spiritual giftedness, um, our particular spiritual gifts. And then I also want us to consider our gift mix, because it's not as if, um, you know, an individual believer only possesses, you know, one spiritual gift. We tend to have a mix of gifts, a blend of gifts. Some of those you might consider natural abilities. Others you might consider things that you're particularly passionate about. And then there are these genuinely supernatural abilities that God gives us to advance his kingdom purposes, oftentimes in ways that are, wow, completely surprising um, to us in terms of um, the way that we operate in them. So I want you to think about that. I want you to think about your passion. I want you to think about the gifts that God has given you to advance his kingdom purposes and that you're made uniquely on purpose and for a purpose. I mean, when we talk about the coming of Christ, we talk about Emmanuel, God literally enfleshed to dwell among us. And 
We focus on um, the the birth of John the Baptist as the forerunner to Christ, and we think about his conception and, and his birth and all of the miraculous things surrounding that, and that he was still, you know, in the womb when he leapt at the presence of Jesus in the womb of Mary when she walked into Elizabeth's home. Um, so when we talk about when when God endows a person, um, when God conceives of a person, we're talking about something that takes place long before um, what you and I would consider a birthday. But it is dependent on having a rebirth day. And so I don't want us to lose sight of that either. Like there is a um, a truth that it is spiritual gifting that comes by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes upon us when we indeed receive Jesus. So we, um, we have talked about a number of different spiritual gifts in, during this week. And today um, we're going to round out that list. And so today we're going to talk about... Um, prophetic ministry. And we're also going to talk about serving, teaching, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, the working of miracles, and then the reality that there are other gifts as well. So um, so let's jump in. We talk about prophetic ministry. Um, what are we talking about? We're talking about the ability to foretell, to show or to make known, to illuminate something else. It's a supernatural ability given by God to reveal and proclaim truth in a relevant manner for the purpose of strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. Now, that might sound um, different than what you thought I was going to say when I said prophetic ministry, because you might have been thinking about the gift of prophecy. Um, Prophecy is different than ministering in what we would call um, a prophetic way. The role of a prophet being the very mouthpiece of God you know, Jesus really finalizes that work. Um, Jesus reveals all that we need to know, all that's necessary for salvation. And so when we talk about the Spirit being manifest in the life of a believer to carry out a prophetic ministry, we're not talking about the kind of prophecy that we experience in the Old Testament or even that we experience through the person of Jesus. We're talking about um, this aim of strengthening, encouraging, and comforting by inspiring others with a word of truth. So uh, a person who possesses this prophetic ministry as a gift is able to quickly discern uh, the character and the motives and the attitudes of people or a group. There's a spiritual sensitivity to this. Uh, And then there is the ability to um, hear and understand what God is saying and bring that to bear um, on the realities in which we live. And so you might... um, you might think of uh, the the prophets of old um, as you consider this particular spiritual gift, but you might um, also consider how Jesus is calling us to prophetic ministry in terms of speaking a word of truth in this generation in a particularly prophetic way. So when we come back, we're going to continue talking about the gifts of the Spirit and unwrapping them in our lives during this Christmas season. Have you received the gift that God sends in the person of Christ? Do you believe in his name? If so, then the Holy Spirit has also come upon you and has delivered the gifts of the Spirit into your life. Let's unwrap those together. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge, and this is Faith Radio. TikTok. Yeah, TikTok is an app, but TikTok is also the reality of the year winding down to the end. So we're making lists, we're checking them twice, 
things done, things left undone, gifts given, gifts we still need to buy. Would you help us with a gift before the end of the year? Time is ticking away, and this ministry is not possible without you. So I'm wondering if before the end of the year, you would make your best tax-deductible gift to support Faith Radio. Your gift right now keeps the good news in front of more people everywhere, all the time, anywhere, accessible through the Faith Radio app and at MyFaithRadio.com. So thank you for giving by clicking the link in the show notes or by giving today at MyFaithRadio.com. Tick-tock! Rounding out our, uh, our conversation today about the spiritual gifts that arrive in the lives of believers with the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the gift of the Holy Spirit comes upon those who believe in the name of Jesus and receive him as Savior and Lord. And so, uh, so let's talk about the gift of serving, the gift of serving. This is um, literally what it sounds like, right? This is uh, not just the core identity of every single Christian um, called to serve others, but this is the particular and even peculiar ability that God gives to some to, de- to demonstrate love and support by seeing and meeting the practical needs of others. So if you are a person who is motivated to meet practical needs and to do so as quickly as possible, um, if, if, those, if the needs of others, the practical needs of others are really the driving force, even the determining, vo- the d- determining force in terms of um, your giving and the choices that you make in terms of the way that you serve in the body of Christ, then my guess is you have the, um, the particular spiritual gift of serving. People who have this gift demonstrate a great energy and strength for work. They um, get very determined to finish the task in front of them. Um, You might think of them as the worker bees of the body of Christ. They desire to serve without a lot of fanfare. um, And when we appreciate them and affirm them, um, that's important. But actually, they would keep doing it even if we failed to, um, to show our appreciation. But let's do so. Let's be very mindful that people who have the spiritual gift of service are doing things in the body of Christ that often go unnoticed, unseen, and unacclaimed. So during this season, let's be sure and affirm the people who not only decorated the church with the hanging of the greens, but the people who this week are de-decorating it and cleaning up after us. Um, Let's not just celebrate the person who showed up with all the glitter and surprise to make the Christmas ornaments. Let's celebrate the person who showed up afterwards and cleaned up all the glitter. Right. So um, the acts of service people uh, come to mind here. People literally waiting on tables comes to mind as well. How about the gift of teaching? The gift of teaching, spiritual gift of teaching is probably one of the more celebrated gifts in terms of the active life of the body of Christ today. Um, It is the supernatural ability given by God to teach God's truth in such a way that others are enabled to understand and apply those teachings to life. And so again, it's incumbent upon each and every believer as a part of the Great Commission, as recipients of the Great Commission, as people who are engaged in the Great Commission, that we would, what? Teach others to obey everything that Christ has taught us, everything that he has said. And so teaching is a responsibility of each and every Christian, Um, We are the pattern of discipleship for everyone else. So by looking at our lives, by following us around, 
we ought to be teaching others. But the spiritual gift of teaching is a specific um, supernatural ability that actually helps people understand God's Word um, and apply it to their lives. And so there are those who are possessed of this particular gift as well. How about the gift of tongues? This might be one of the more controversial of the spiritual gifts. There are some who would argue that this gift was only given um, at a particular time and place and for a particular season. Others who experience the gift of tongues today. Tongues is simply a language, and there are those who have the supernatural ability given by God to utter divinely inspired words in a language that they never learned. So there's a difference between tongues that might accompany the baptism of the Holy Spirit um, that are used as like prayer language and the gift of tongues for public and corporate use, um, which also then require the gift of the interpretation of tongues. And God would give those as complementary gifts in the same context in order that um, there not be confusion in the life of the church. And so you would want to read 1 Corinthians 14 to better understand this entire conversation about the gifts of tongues and the interpretation of tongues and the necessity of those two gifts to um, to arrive uh, as a complement to one another in the body of believers where they are expressed. Again, always given for the upbuilding of the body, never given um, for, you know, the advancement of one particular individual or ideas that are in any way misaligned with what God has said in his revealed words of Scripture in the Old and New Testaments. Then that brings us to the spiritual gift of the word of knowledge. Its core meaning is knowing, knowing, and then telling others what we know. It's a supernatural ability um, to receive impressions of knowledge, like, right, that might otherwise not be known, um, and then apply that knowledge to a person or a situation for God's good purposes, so you say to yourself, well, that's a little bit confusing. What does what does this mean? How does this differ from discernment? Well, uh, this is this is at some level discernment. It's also um, putting what you discern into understandable, comprehensible speech that others might know. Uh, it's one thing to know Christ. It's another thing to make him known. So what does a word of knowledge look like uh, in the life of a believer? This is a spiritually sensitive person in terms of how um, the word of knowledge should be shared in what context, with how many people, all of those things are important as well. Um, so this is a person who is going to need a discerning spirit um, uh, in addition to having the gift of the word of knowledge. This is a person who recognizes in a certain situation that the Holy Spirit wants to do something. Like, uh, this is the person who says, you know, I, I have this sense that the Spirit wants to Bring reconciliation in this relationship. I have a sense that the Holy Spirit wants to um, advance God's kingdom purposes right now in this particular way. And the, that's not a person who's saying it out of their own motivation, but out of a genuine sense that the Holy Spirit has led them to this particular knowledge in a moment. Um, and so it, it it's designed to release the activity of God into the life of an individual or a relationship or a situation. Um, and it's given in order that it might be shared. And so if you're a person who is possessed of this particular spiritual gift, you need to share it with us that we might know what you know, that we might know what you know. And then there is the word of wisdom. Wisdom is different than knowledge, and wisdom is different than um, general information. And so the person who has a word of wisdom has received that from God. It's a... Um, 
uh, and and is able to apply it, right, for God's purpose. This is a person, again, sensitive to the Holy Spirit's prompting, recognizing insights from God, and then able to grasp intuitively what is happening um, and bring the wisdom of God to bear in a particular circumstance. So if you think about Solomon and the question about, you know, whose baby is this, and he brings this word of wisdom, well, let's just uh, cut the baby in half and and give half of it to each person. Now, that's a word of wisdom because it's spoken in a way uh, to reveal the truth. Because the the real mother is going to say, no, 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 don't don't cut the baby in half. Just let her have it. Um, because her concern is more for the baby than for uh, the self-satisfaction um, uh, in her own life. And so um, having a word of wisdom, being able to speak a word of wisdom is a powerful, powerful spiritual tool and certainly must be used with, um, with discernment as well. The working of miracles is the last uh, gift on the list that we're going to talk about here in this conversation. But there are other gifts. There are other gifts. Um, 1 Corinthians 13 follows Paul's comments and instructions on spiritual gifts um, in in 1 Corinthians 12. And when you talk about love, um, you're talking about the reality of what happens in the life of a believer when the Spirit arrives. Um, There are lots of uh, spiritual gifts that folks might have in the body of Christ. Um, The gift of celibacy, the gift of being a missionary, the gift of, um, I don't know, the interpretation of dreams. Like there, there might be spiritual gifts that aren't on this list that are certainly spiritual and God gives uh, in order that his will might be accomplished at a particular time and place through a particular person, through the uh, particular expression of the Spirit. So this is not an exhaustive list, but hopefully it's illustrative. All right, the working of miracles. Here we're talking about a supernatural ability given by God to perform miracles in the name of Jesus. Does it still happen today? Yes, in fact, it does. You might have to look internationally um, for expressions of this, but there are lots and lots of stories of miraculous healings right here um, in our own community. Um, and so give God his due. When God works a miracle, give God his due. Give him all the glory and praise due his name. Um, and if you need some uh, some exposure to what miracles look like, you could look at the signs of Jesus in the Gospel of John. You could look at those things that are expressed as miracles um, throughout the Gospels and in the days of the apostles, the acts of the Holy Spirit recorded in the book of Acts. All right, that's all we've got time for today. When you think about discovering your spiritual gifts, um, there are lots of online tools to do that. Your local church probably has a methodology for helping you discover your spiritual gifts. And then you want to use those collaboratively with others in the body of Christ. And it, it is fair to say that depending on your season of life, Uh, Depending on the opportunities that God has for you um, right now, um, obedience is a huge part of this, availability, living in balance, like those are all things I think to consider when we're talking about the use and expression of our spiritual gifts in our common life together as the body of believers in the world today. I have spiritual gifts. You have spiritual gifts. God needs all of us to bring those forward and use them in an active way, collaboratively, to build up the body of Christ in this generation that God's kingdom purposes might be advanced right here and right now. Text me um, your spiritual gift, your spiritual gift mix, or a spiritual gift inventory that you really like. You can send it to me uh, via text, 877-933-2484, or you can always email me, carmen, at myfaithradio.com. 
Sometimes we have a conversation with someone and I just say to myself, it'd be okay with me if we basically just like ran that over and over and over again. I felt like our conversation with Sharon Janes about praying for your child from head to toe was one of those conversations. And so um, as you're listening to this special edition of Mornings with Carmen during this Christmas week, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Sharon James as much as I do. That's what's coming up next here on Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to this special Best of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Sharon Janes is joining us now. She's a well-known author of many, many books. Today, she is joining us with a absolutely delightful and precious offering. It's called Praying for Your Child from Head to Toe, a 30-day guide to powerful and effective scripture-based prayers. Sharon, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning. It's great to be here. So I love the way you describe prayer as a parent or grandparent's greatest superpower. Um, <laughs> talk with us about the battle we are in for our children and um, this particular positive weapon of prayer. Yes. You know, I was listening to your last segments, which was so powerful. And it was talking about, of course, the prayer, the the battle that's going on you know, in Gaza and Israel. And I thought, you know what, there's a battle going on for our children. It's it's a different kind of battle. I mean, we see, you know, in our country, in our country right here, the school shootings that are going on, 51 school shootings, you know, in 2022. And I'm just thinking to myself, when would we even start counting that? I mean, it's just amazing. And we see the suicide rate um, up since 2020. That is the second leading cause of death for for kids from 15 to 24. So we see this incredible stress and this battle that is going on for the hearts and souls of our kids. But here's the thing, Carmen, uh, we see all this going around with the peer pressure and just the, all the all the struggles that they have. We have to go back and remember what Paul said, because Paul said that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly realm. So I wasn't the first one to come up with this head and toe thing, because Paul mm-hmm. did that when he was talking about putting on the full armor of God. Remember that, Ephesians 6, mm-hmm. starting with mm-hmm. the hymn of salvation, all the way down to the feet, shot of the gospel of peace. So um, he's telling us that our struggle right there is against flesh and blood, not against flesh and blood. Um, and then he tells us again in, in 2 Corinthians, he says, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And I love that word, those two words together, divine power to de- then to demolish strongholds. That word power there is um, it's dunamos in the Greek. It's where we get our English word dynamite. And you get dynamite from nitrogen and glycerin. You bring them together. Boom, you got you have dynamite. So what we're doing is we're bringing together 
the word of God and prayer and boom, we've got dunamis power. So that is our superpower that God has given us to demolish strongholds. And um, we are we're using the word of God and prayer to fight for our children, the hearts and souls of our children. And a lot of times we don't know what to pray. But when you pray the word of God, you are praying the will of God. I love that. When you pray the word of God, you're praying the will of God. If you've got a child in your life who maybe they're discouraged, maybe they've maybe they've been racked with self-doubt, maybe they've arrived at that place in middle school where they don't think they're good at anything anymore. Sharon is a mama who has walked that path. And Stephen, her son, was that boy. And so in um, in praying for your child from head to toe, um, you really do learn from a mom who's been there how to pray um, for your child at every age and stage through all kinds of um, through all kinds of events and circumstances. So if you're listening right now and you're like, I really want that, I need that, we are giving away copies today of praying for your child from head to toe. Text the word book to eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. Again, text the word book to eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. Um, talk with us about the landmarks of prayer. I, I really appreciated um, this portion of the book where you just really help us understand, you know, like wh- where we are, where we're headed, and what are the markers along the way? Okay. You know, the, the one reason I came up with this is that that when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, he gave yeah. them what we call the Lord's Prayer. Um, but if you go back and look at that, I don't think he was giving them a, giving us a rote prayer to say. It was more landmarks. It was like mm-hmm. you praise God, you thank God, you ask him to meet your needs, you know, all the way down. So that's what we're doing. These are just landmarks. And we're starting at the top and we're starting with the mind. We're praying about what they think about because we know what a child thinks about will determine what they ultimately are about we're praying scripture and we're going through each one of these for 30 days 16 landmarks for 30 days and so the way it would work is you would have a scripture for example romans that says do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so we're going to pray that in for the child lord as they're going about their day i pray they won't be conformed to what they're seeing around them in this world today but they will be transformed by what the word says and they will remember god's word and praying that over them we're going to pray for their mind starting at the top then we're praying for their eyes what they look at it's a difference between what we see and what we look at so what we look at is what we're, we're staring at we're pondering that 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 video screen where that cell phone what are they looking at praying for their eyes praying for their ears what they listen to because we know for all of us if we listen to the wrong voices we're going to make the wrong choices so they got your eyes and your ears that's what's entering the mind through those two portals and then we're praying for their mouth these are the words that they speak we know that the bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue but i also want to say carmen here that as we pray this, we got to know that kids are going to copy what they see their parents doing. So remember mm-hmm. that Mikey see Mikey do Mikey do the same as you, right? So um, they're going to mimic what they hear us saying that's coming out of our mouths, but we're praying for their mouths. Then we're praying for their neck. Now the neck is what turns the head, right? Um, so it turns it to the left or the right. I got that from 
I shouldn't say this probably, but big fat my big Greek, fat wedding. Greek okay. wedding. Yeah, me too. No, okay, oh my God, so, we got we, yeah. we we are we are walking the same path, girl. Absolutely, go right ahead. But but for those who don't know that the the girl the daughter was complaining that the husband's the head of the house, but the wife says yes, but the woman is the neck, and she turns the head. But you know that Any is also way she wants. Yes, <laughs> that's right. So scripture scripture has a lot to say about this. Is don't be stiff necked, and it talks about the neck, and that's talking about decisions that we make. So we're praying about the decisions that turn their head to the left or the right. You know, don't you just sometimes wish we didn't have choice that God just made us automatically do exactly what we're supposed to do, but he gave us the gift of choice. So we're going to be praying for that with our kids. Then we get down to their shoulders and this is their their worries, their the burdens that they they have. They start very early worrying and then it gets bigger as they get bigger. Test grades, are they too small, too too large, as you mentioned, that they feel like they're not good at anything. And kids today worry about sexual molestation, bullying, natural disasters. And now we're going to put pandemics on top of that. And they're worried about, you know, young children, especially they're worried about the war. I mean, they're hearing that. They don't know how far away Gaza and Israel is. They're worried, could that happen right here? So stress has really increased among, among children in the past 30 years. So we're going to pray for them to give all their worries and cares to God for he cares for you. They're going to worry, but we're going to pray they'll know what to do with it. And we're going to pray for their heart, who and what they love, their back, their physical, spiritual protection, their arms. This is their strength. All through the Bible, we look at it says the strength of God is compared to his arms, the mighty arm of God. We're going to pray for their hands. This is their their gifts and abilities, their talents. Then we're going to pray for their ring finger. And I mean, as soon as my son was born, I was praying about that future spouse. So we're going to be praying about that person that that our per, our child will one day marry. And we're going to pray about their side. And um, the side is influential relationships. Who walks through life with them side by side? And I want to say here, Carmen, that I think a tendency is to pray that our kids will be surrounded by Christians all the time. But I'm going to say that there was an, I, I became a Christian through a praying mother, but mm-hmm. it wasn't my mother. So I was not raised in a Christian home, a very difficult home situation, but there was a mother down the street and I hung around with her daughter. She's one of my best friends. And that mother prayed for me, mentored me for two years And I became a Christian through that mother. So as we're praying, and then here's the icing on the cake. My mom became a Christian three years later and my mean old dad three years after that. So all that to say, as we're praying for those those people that are in our our children's lives, praying for those friends that come walking through the door that don't know Christ, don't be afraid of that. So being, you know, praying for those people that are in their lives. So then we're praying for their sexuality, praying for sexual purity, and that there will not be any gender confusion, Um, praying for their legs. This is how they stand on godly principles, because we know that if they don't stand on the truth, um, the world is a very confusing place. And we, we know, Carmen, in our lifetime, we've seen what was illegal, used to be illegal, is now legal. What was wrong is now right. I mean, so it's constantly changing, but we have got to be standing on the word of God because that does not change. And we want our kids to know the word of God and stand on that. And if they don't, they're going to be just sucked into this undertow of uncertainty. So we're going to pray for that strong stand. Then we're going to pray for their knees. And that's their relationship with God. That's the, the most important decision they will ever make in their lives is whether or not to follow Jesus. So we're praying for for their decision to follow Jesus, and then that they will continue to grow and mature in that. And that takes us down to the feet. And we're going to pray for the path they take. 
and we're praying scripture over each one of these areas. It's not my opinion. Um, we're praying straight scripture. So we're going to be praying that um, the path that they take today and tomorrow and just throughout life, that they will follow that path that, that God sets them on and that God's word will be a light to their feet and to their path. So that's the 16 areas. And I often say it takes me longer to explain it than it actually <laughs> does to do it. So don't let that scare you away. It takes about five to seven minutes to pray through each one of those 16 areas each oh, day. And it's so powerful. Praying for your child from head to toe. So each one of these 30 days has a passage and a prayer prompt for each one of those 16 areas um, of your child. Um, and so now that we've whetted your appetite, I know you want to enter the drawing for the copy of the books we have to give away today. Praying for your child from head to toe. Text the word book to 877-933-2484. More with Sharon Janes in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Feelings, nothing more than feelings. I mean, seriously, if all we had was nothing more than feelings, we would just be lost in a sea of mush. Hello, friend. Uh, I'm sure you have noticed by now that feelings are a terrible barometer of the truth. Our feelings are affected by the weather, world events, what we ate last night, whether or not someone we like or love texted or tagged us in a social post, how badly someone else sings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling lonely right now, I want you to ask yourself, am I really ever truly alone? Of course not. As a follower of Christ, Jesus promises to be with you always. He's literally with you right now in the thick of it, in the midst of whatever circumstances you're dealing with in your life. So I want to be a source of hope and encouragement to you today. If you are struggling to make it, even just to the next moment, if you're feeling lonely, text the word HOPE to 877-933-2484. Maybe you're wondering as a Christian how you can reach out to and influence others. Well, obviously, prayer is a very powerful way you can do that. And so who are you praying for? How are you praying for children on your street? How are you praying for the children um, who go to your kid's school? How are you praying for the children who you see at church? Um, there is power uh, in prayer, because God is all-powerful. And so how do we set our children before the Lord each and every day? Obviously, we ought to be praying this way for our own children, our grandchildren, our nieces, and our nephews, praying for your child from head to toe. Um, Sharon Janes has done it herself and makes it easy for us to do. And so we're giving away copies of this book today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. Sharon, I am a person who loves uh, appendices. In addition to loving books, I love <laughs> what authors stick in the appendices of books um, because I feel like those are the places where we put things that we want to say, but we don't really know how to say them in the context of the way we have unfolded the particular book. And so I really appreciated um, in, the, in the appendix that you include how to pray for healing for our kids, how to pray for salvation um, and then how to pray for prodigals. So can you unpack one of those for us today? Sure. Let's look, um, let's look at the prodigal. That's kind of a, um, Good. you know, if you have children that are older, um, you know, I think that sometimes when parents are praying and they feel, you know, they don't, they see that they don't see a lot of results. Let's just say that. 
that they've, mm-hmm. they've prayed, they've prayed for this child their, their whole life. Um, and then this child just goes off the rails and, and leaves the faith or seems to be headed that way. And it can be so discouraging, but I want to say something to someone who's praying for that prodigal right now is that when the disciples were questioning Jesus about, about God working, the father working, Jesus said, my father is always working. He is always working. And I love that story of Joseph so much because we see um, that, that, that Joseph had a vision or a dream about what his life was going to be like. And then over the next several years, it was anything but that. I mean, he, you think about, he was, the, the dream was that his family was going to bow down to him one day. And then what happened next was that he was, you know, he was sold into slavery. He served as a servant. Then he was thrown into prison and it looked like one bad thing was happening after another. But in every one of those situations, scripture says, and God was with Joseph. Now, I don't think that Joseph was doing happy dance and thinking, oh, praise God, he's right here with me. I'm so glad I'm in prison. I don't think he thought that. But but I do know that God was working behind the scenes and all of that to make Joseph into the person, to the man that he wanted him to be for the job that he had. So as we are praying for those prodigals, that's what I want you to keep in mind. Even though it might look like that God is not working and you're like, God, throw me a bone. I mean, show me something that these prayers are working. Know that God is always working behind the scenes to make that child into the man or woman that he wants them to be. And I want to encourage you in that as you pray for that prodigal. Don't give up. Keep praying. There's uh, 10 scriptures in here to pray over over that prodigal. And, and just know that you are not alone. I mean, studies show that 66% of young adults between the ages of 18 and 21 stop attending church. But we're going to pray that those prodigals will come back. Don't give up. Know that God is always working behind the scenes in ways that we may never know to make them exactly who he wants them to be. And I want to say this too, Carmen. If you think about in your own life, when you have grown the most, it's usually not during a time of peace. <laughs> it's usually during a time when we're struggling with something, when times are hard. And that's when that's when I've grown the most spiritually. Mm-hmm. So if we see our, our kids doing that and really struggling through something, know that God is probably getting ready to do some of his best work. So I want to encourage you in that. Keep praying for that prodigal to come back to the faith. And if you see a huge struggle going on, don't think God isn't working. He's probably, he is working behind the scenes. Yeah. And he's working from the inside out. And so there's a lot of it that we can't see that's going on, but, you know, God sees the heart. God knows what's going on in there. And, you know, God can massage that neck when it needs to turn. Um, and so I'm going to invite him. I'm going to invite him to be doing those things. It It is a relinquish relinquishing of control. I really appreciated that you highlight that frequently. Um, this is not about me praying my will over the life of my child or grandchild. This is actually me relinquishing them to the will of God. Yes. I mean, don't we, I mean, sometimes as parents, we pray, if you just do what I want you to do, everything will be fine. But that's not the goal here. The goal is that we want this, as I just said, we want that, that boy or girl to become the men and women that God wants them to be. And that means we've got to relinquish control of it. We've given that to God. We're not, and with each one of those areas for their hands, for example, their gifts and talents, God, you do with that, help us to see what you've placed in that child 
to with the hands, the gifts and the talents, not trying to make them into little mini me's. And listen, this started 10 years ago. I wrote a book called Praying for Your Husband from Head to Toe that is based on this same pattern. And if there's anybody we're not supposed to be controlling, it's our spouse, right? So then as I was writing this book, is it the same with their kids? Absolutely. We're not praying to get control of them. We're saying, Lord, I am not the potter. Can I hear amen on that? I'm not the potter. You are with this little lump of clay. Yes, I mold and shape, but you were the ultimate potter. And we're relinquishing control that you will make them into the person that God wants them to be. And Lord, we're also praying that you will give us the wisdom to know how to guide that child in that. Hmm, So good. So good. If you're saying to yourself, hey, that lady's voice sounds super familiar to me. Mm-hmm. That's because she's the vice president of Proverbs 31 Ministries. She's the co-host of their daily radio feature. She speaks at their She Speaks conferences. Um, she's got, I don't know how many books, dozens, more than two dozen books. Maybe uh, you have read or used the book that I think is kind of a compliment to this one, Praying for Your Husband from Head to Toe. Today, we're talking with Sharon Janes about praying for your child from head to toe. And let me tell you, if you're if you're just like on the hunt for a gift to give a mom or a dad who's got a child of any age or stage, um, maybe they are expecting a child like this is a this this book is a gift. And um, and so it would also make a great gift. Praying for your child from head to toe, a 30 day guide to powerful and effective scripture based prayers. Um. Praying is not nothing. Praying is powerful. And so let us be praying for our kids and the kids that God has given us influence over in our lives today. Just text the word book to 877-933-2484. Sharon, what a delight. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I want to encourage somebody too. If you might be thinking, I don't have much faith. I really don't know how to pray. You know what? That's okay. Remember the boy who's who... Um, Jesus was the father had tried to get demons cast out of him mm, and no mm, one could mm-hmm. do it. I've he tried everything. Took mm-hmm. him to Jesus. Yeah. And then he said, all things are possible to him who believes. And he says, I do believe, but help my unbelief. So you don't need a powerful, powerful faith. You just need a present faith. Just a little bit will do. And God said, just a little bit will do. Mm, I love that. It's like a red pepper flake. There you go. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Sharon, so very much. So how are you praying for not just your children, but how are you praying for yourself and others from head to toe? Like, have you have you thought about that? Head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, head, shoulders, knees and toes, Um, eyes and ears and mouth and nose, head, shoulders, knees and toes. We could certainly be um, praying for our grandchildren in this way. We could be praying for our husbands in this way. We could be praying for um, our grandchildren in this way. There is a battle going on for our kids. And uh, God is interested and powerful and gracious to be caring um, for our children in ways um, and in spaces and times that we never could. So on day 23 of the praying for your child from head to toe, there is this. Pray for the mind. What my child thinks about today. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1 7. Dear Lord, I pray you will give my child a sound mind today. I pray they will have clear, concise, controlled thinking. 
I pray against any spirit of confusion that would attempt to cloud their thinking or jumble their thoughts. And there is a temptation in life to allow things into our eyes that we should not see. So, Lord, I thank you for allowing my child to not be tempted beyond what they're able to resist, always providing a way of escape. Help my child see the way of escape and take it today. As we pray for their ears, may they listen to my instructions and be wise. I pray my child will listen to wise instruction and be wise themselves, that that they will not disregard wise counsel, but they will embrace the very wisdom of God. I pray for their mouth and the words my child speaks today. I pray for their neck and the decisions my child will need to make today, their shoulders, the burdens and worries they will have today, their heart, who and what my child loves today, their back, physical and spiritual protection, strength, their arms, health and strength of body, their hands, their gifts, their talents. Holy God, I pray for their ring finger and their future spouse. I pray for those who are beside them and the influential relationships they have. I pray for their sexuality, their sexual purity, their identity. I pray for their legs, that they could stand for godly principles. I pray for their knees, that their relationship with God would be marked by prayer. And Father, I pray for their feet. The path my child takes today, may it be one with you. Isaiah 30, verse 21 says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Holy God, wherever my child goes to get today, Make them spiritually sensitive to your voice and lead them in the life everlasting. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.